Sister Abraham <clears throat> Brother Chris, amen. And would you open your Bibles tonight to the book of Philippians? We're going to look at Philippians chapter 2 again tonight. And we're going to look at the name above every name. And I'd like to finish that thought tonight. And uh, we talked about how a name, there, names mean something. Names mean something. We know this. Uh, I told you if you had a check and it was endorsed by me for a million dollars, it would be pretty worthless. But if you was to have that same piece of paper, a sign with the name of Bill Gates on it, a million dollars would mean a whole lot more. Names do mean something. And when we talked this morning or looked at this uh, passage this morning, we see that the name above every name, the sweetest name that I know is the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of y'all would agree? And so I'm thankful tonight as we look in Philippians chapter 2, let's look at verse number 5. And I kind of just gave a little lesson there. You know, I know it's kind of self-explanatory, but let this mind in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, it helps to know what kind of a mind. So he describes that through 6 through 8, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Here's one of the minds. We, we shouldn't want uh, the applause. We shouldn't want the accolades of men. He wasn't coming uh, to have a reputation of himself. That's the kind of mind he's talking about there. Notice what else he says, and took upon him the form of a servant. There's the kind of mind. The Bible says we ought to have the mind of Christ to be took on the form of a servant. Christians should be servants. Uh, they should be thinking in verse 4. If you go back up to verse 4, look not every man upon his own things, but every man also on the things of others. In other words, we're serving others. We live in such a selfish world. But God said, let this mind be in you. So we see that we should live a life that makes no reputation, take upon the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Look at verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, here it is, he humbled himself. Let, let this same mind be in you. We need to humble ourselves. And then the Bible says he was obedient. We're to be obedient. So this is the mind he's talking about. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now that's pretty self-explanatory. But sometimes we read the Bible and say, well, what mind? What mind? There's the mind. There's the mind that he's asking us to have the mind of Christ. Now notice because the Lord Jesus Christ had this mind when he was here on earth. The Bible says because of that, look at verse 9, wherefore. Now, wherefore is because of what we just read. Because of, wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now that's quite a name, isn't it? That every tongue, every knee will bow. And they will proclaim that name. They will proclaim that name. And so I've heard those little sayings that it be best for you to proclaim him now when you have to proclaim him, right? And so when we see about this, we think about this, names mean something, and we ought to place high value on our name. We talked about this, that uh, our names mean something as well. Let us live in such a way that our name should never be a reproach. So we talked about this great name, this great name. And we talked about why his name was great. His name is great because it's a saving name. We talked about that this morning. And then we also finish up this morning on just simply this. It's a comforting name. In a time of comfort, his name comforts us. We talked about that. And uh, we, we are thankful for that. And how many of you know in the darkest of night, his name has comforted you? 
And we think of that little song. I, I can't help but remember or think about during the Christmas time. Uh, years ago at Greystone, we did a cantata there, and we did it here, I think. But uh, for some reason at Greystone, a pastor, one of them, whoever did it, asked Clay to sing the solo part, if I'm right, about uh, Jesus, Jesus, there's just something about that name. That's true. It's the, it's the name above every name. So it's a comforting name. It's a, it, I know Fevered Brows has been comforted because of the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm thinking of even now, uh, no doubt, Sarah Gilly and Mark Hall and others are down there. They're trying to be comforted. I'm going to promise you this. They're being comforted because they know the Lord's there. I thought about when Stone was in the hospital that morning and they rushed him there. And there he is, unconscious, not quite knowing what all's going on. But I seen a mom and a dad that was comforted because they knew Jesus Christ as their Savior. So it's a comforting name. And we talked about how he, he comforts us during the time of sorrow. He comforts us in the time of dying. I made this comment. It's true. God's people die well. God's people die well. Why? Because they know Jesus Christ. And uh, the Lord comforts us during those days. I remember when my grandpa Leslie passed away. He was the first close family member in my life that died. I happened to be in Bible college when he passed away. And I remember when we went to the funeral. Uh, we call them wakes in Hinton. And we were getting ready to go to the wake, the viewing or the visitation. And I remember sitting out there in the car. And I said, I'm so thankful that we're, we miss grandpa. But we don't have to be so full of sorrow tonight. And we have no hope like others because of Jesus. Amen. And so we know he covers us during the time. So we see it's a covering name. Then let me give you two other things tonight. We're going to go to the house. His name is a conquering name. His name is a conquering name. You know, his name conquers. Uh, his name is a conquering name. We live in a day of humanism, heathenism, and paganism. Would you agree? Yeah. We do. Uh, we really live in a day of humanism. Uh, everybody is a god. Uh, we're so high on ourselves and we think we can save ourselves and we think we can do everything. But I want you to know something. God conquers all of that because what happens when we get put in a place when we realize we can't get ourselves out of it? I want to tell you what happens. The Lord teaches us something that he can conquer things that we can't conquer. That's right. Aren't you thankful? Uh, in the New Hebrides Islands, there was a tablet uh, on a Presbyterian church and it contained this inscription. When Reverend John Getty came here in 1846, there were no Christians on the island. 1846. But when he left in 1872, here's what, here's what the inscription said. There was no heathen left. His name is a conquering name. It is conquered over paganism. By the way, every soul, every tongue needs to hear the name Jesus. He conquers, doesn't he? And I know right now we live in a day where it looks like it's pretty dark. It looks like Christians are losing. It looks like God don't really have a foothold here in America. It really looks like that it's really going south, don't it? But just hold on. He's still conqueror. He knows what he's doing. We know that he's still on the throne. And we know that one day here after a while, we're all going to be riding white horses. And so we know he's a, his name is a conquering name. I not only want to say that he's a conquering name over heathenism, paganism, humanism. I want you to know this. His name conquers sinful hearts everywhere. Now, I want to say this because I think it's important. 
He does not conquer by the sword. He doesn't conquer by coercion and at gunpoint. He doesn't conquer by bombs. Now, I know every once in a while there'll be people that get a little off trace and they wanted to go do something for God, so they go blow up a building or they go and burn a building down. Let me just tell you something. God ain't in that. God ain't in that stuff. Now, there's some, there's some facilities in this town that I don't agree with, but it would be wrong for me to go and try to conquer those buildings with a bomb or with a gun or with explosives or with fire. God's not in that. You say, how do I know that, Pastor? Because I'm going to tell you what, he didn't conquer me like that. He didn't coerce me. He didn't hold me up at gunpoint. He didn't conquer me by telling me this is what you got to do and this is what you can't do. I'm going to tell you what he conquers with. Are you all ready? I'm going to tell you why his name is a conquering name over sinful hearts. He knows how to conquer people and it's with love. Get a hold of that. It's with love. He conquers with love. See, uh, y'all know me. I, I changed I changed, and it wasn't a bad thing here at our church. Our title of our church was, I think, preaching, preparing and preaching heaven and preparing God's people for heaven. Uh, something like that. It's a good one. It was so good, I can't remember. Somebody say amen. But I said, I, I'll never forget when I met with these men. And we met over in Jimmy and Kyla Horton's living room or in their dining room. I think we were sitting around that table. And I just said one little phrase. I said, gentlemen, I'm going to tell you all right now. I'm an independent Baptist, but I'm going to tell you what. I have a heart. Because I'm going to be honest with y'all. There's some folks I've rubbed shoulders with. They so daggone junkyard dog mean. I've wondered if he even love people. Boy, they got all them do's and don'ts down. And they're going to hit that stuff. And they're going to preach to people. And make fun of people in the service. And I'm sitting there thinking, God don't do that. Y'all with me? I'm going to be honest. I've been in the service before when the preacher got his beat on me. He got his beat on me because of the collar shirt I had on. Let me say this. God ain't in a hundred miles of that either. I happened to have, what was it, a green shirt. I think it was a lime green shirt. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't read the memo. I didn't know it was sinful to wear a lime green shirt. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, silly. That's silly stuff. And we've hurt more people with that kind of stuff than you can shake a stick with. And wearing a green shirt don't mean a hill of beans. And so when I came here, I said, I'm going to tell you all right now, I'm not interested in that stuff. I'm not interested in that stuff. I said, we're going to have some standards. We're going to have some personal things. But I'm going to tell you something right now. We're going to conquer people the way God conquers them, and that's with love. I'll tell you what, people don't want to know what you know. They don't want to know what you know until they know you love them. They don't care what you know. They don't care how many Bible verses you can quote. They don't, tell, they don't even care how far you can condemn them to hell. Listen to me. They only care if you care. And I've learned this. You know how our church has grown? I'm going to tell you how it's grown. It's because people know we care. That's how we've grown. Yes, we go out and we hand out tracts. Yes, we are representation in this church. But y'all know how we've gotten people in this church, how we've reached people? Is in times of times of need and times of sorrow, like for funerals, matter of fact, we've reached people because of funerals in our church showed them we cared. We love them. 
See, I'm going to tell you why God conquers the sinful hearts. He does it with love. He doesn't do it with bombs. He doesn't do it with guns. He doesn't do it with coercion. Let me tell you another reason. You want to know a surefire way how you can tell a false religion. Y'all know what it is? It's when coercion is involved. That is a false religion. There is no coercion in Christianity. It's the matter of the will. Amen? And so we think about his name. It's a conquering name. How does he conquer? Not by sword. Not by gun. Not by bombs. Not by fire. Not by coercion. He conquers by love. Is it not the Bible said, for the love of Christ constraineth me? What's love motivate? Love motivates love, doesn't it? We love him, why? Because he what? First loved us. He conquered us by love. Think about it. A long time ago, a rebellious knight brandished his sword toward heaven, and he cried out in blasphemy against Christ. Suddenly the wind blew a piece of paper near his feet. He picked up the paper and read these words, God is love. And the man burst into tears and surrendered his all to Christ. Think about it. I'm glad his name is a conquering name, but it's a conquering name because of love. How many of y'all know tonight God loves you? Aren't you glad? He loves us. And by the way, he always will love us. Why? He's love. How do you define love, Mark? God. Do I completely understand it? No, but I'm sure glad he does it. He loves me. He loves you tonight. By the way, I'm thankful for this. I can go to any place on this planet, tell any person, no matter what color of skin they have, no matter how tall they are, no matter how short they are, no matter what color of hair they have, doesn't matter. I want you to know something. You cannot tell one person on this planet that God loves them and lie to them. God is love. It's a loving name. Yes, the name of Jesus is a conquering name. Can I give you this lastly? This name above every name. His name is, is, and will be exalted. It's exalted now. It's exalted now. There's never a name like the Lord Jesus Christ. There's just something about that name right now, isn't there? No doubt about it. Even uh, there was a time, I, I don't know so much about now, I tell you, our, our culture and our society has become so humanistic, paganistic, so uh, absolutely ignorant of the things of God. But there was a time, and probably still in places, you can go around and just say the name, the word Jesus, and some people you know that you work with, they know you're a Christian. You know what? They respect you because you are one. Why? Because of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's respected and exalted, even now, even today. It might not be as much as it used to be, but I want to tell you something. It still is. The Bible says here, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. We claim it. We know it's above. It's a name above every name. Look, there's been many names that have been highly exalted in this whole world. Men have exalted other men's name. I mean, we think of Pharaoh, his name has been exalted. Think about this great name in human history. How about Alexander the Great? That name has been exalted. Hey, we think about Caesar. We think about Napoleon. Uh, We think about uh, Rockefeller of yesterday. Uh, These names have been exalted. But I want you to know something. And there's been thousands of others of names that's been exalted. 
But there's never been a name like the name of Jesus. There's just something about that name. Other names have been exalted by men. But let me tell you something. The Bible tells us here in verse 9, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. This name has not been exalted by men alone. His name has been exalted by God himself. So I want you to know it's a name above all names. Think about this. Jesus came to this earth and was slain upon a cross. He wore a peasant's garment. He was known as the carpenter's son. Came from Nazareth, which someone might say or someone did say, is there anything good that comes from Nazareth? Can I say that we know his hands were nailed to an old rugged cross. His back was scourged. His side was scourged. We know that his beard was plucked out of his face. We know that he was mocked. We know that he was hit. We know that he was mocked by asking for something to drink and they gave him bitter vinegar to drink. We know that he was scourged. We know that he was smote. The Bible said they would take turns smacking him in the face and they would say, if you're the son of God, tell us who hit you. They were mocking him. He had to bear, he had to carry his old cross up Golgotha. And I want you to know something, but I want you to know something. When he came the first time, that's the way he came. But not the next time. Not the next time. I want you to know something. When he comes the next time, when he comes again, he will sit on a royal throne. I want you to know his garments will be white as snow. His face will be brighter than the sun. His hand will hold the scepter of universal dominion. And I want you to know the angels and the hosts of heaven will sing out, All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Yes, we're winners. You know why we're winners? Because he's a winner. And he's going to be exalted here after a while. Let the world, let him make fun of him. And let him make fun of us. But one day, here after a while, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess what we already know to be true. And so while we're here and we know the truth, what we need to do is we not need to get mad at these sinners. We need to feel sad for them and we need to be praying for them because one day here after a while, in all of their haughtiness, in all of their arrogance, in all of their rebellion, it's going to mean nothing when they bow the knee. And we might say, oh, we're going to get our time then. No, I'm going to tell you something right now. Hell is going to be so bad, we don't want one soul to go there. And we have an opportunity at this day to do our very, very best, to do our very best to explain and to, to exalt and to tell and to share and to give the name above every name. How many of you believe your life has been forever changed because of this name? Amen. Well, if your life has been changed because of his name, whose else can? Who is in your sphere of influence? Something was said to me just not long ago. I said, boy, I'll tell you right now, influence even on children are huge. You think about it. The influence that we have. What you're taught, what you're told, how you were raised. Can you imagine? I thank God all these children are here tonight because they've not heard a thing tonight that's going to hurt them. Not a thing. They're going to be helped tonight because there is a God in heaven that has a name above every name. 
And there is truth in the gospel. There's truth in Christianity. And I thank God for it. Aren't you? Yes, a name above every name. How many of you are glad that he has the name above every name? How many of y'all know that name? How many of you know the owner of that name? Never been the same, have you? How many of you glad you're saved tonight? Now let me ask this. How many of you know somebody in your life, in your in your realm, your sphere of influence, maybe a family member, a friend, a co-worker, that you know, if all best by their fruit, they do not know Jesus Christ or Savior. Do you know somebody like that? Then how about we go to the Lord in prayer tonight and you pray for that person. I can't help but think of that little song, Don't Ever Give Up, Just Pray. So let's stand on our feet tonight as we think about this name. It's a saving name. He's changed your life. We know there's others that needs to be changed. So let me ask this. How many of you know someone, family, friend, acquaintance, co-worker, and the best of your knowledge? Or even if you don't even know, you don't even say, I don't even know if they're saved, but best, best if I could, if I could, Say, I would say they're probably not saved. By their fruits, the Bible says you can tell them. How many of you know somebody like that? Would you raise your hand? Can I ask you a question? Would you get their face in your mind? And then how about you pray for them tonight? How about we, how about we close out this service with prayer tonight? You get their face in your mind. You know someone like that? Maybe there's someone that's far away from God. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I'm going to ask you, would you get their face in your mind? I'm going to ask you, if you got their face in their mind, would you raise your hand? You got, your, you got their face in your mind? All right, Miss Cindy's going to play something. And I'm going to ask you, right where you stand or even come to the altar, you mind the Lord. How about we pray for these folks? You know their name. Pray with their face on your mind. Pray for them. Maybe there's several. This God that has the name above every name has changed your life. And don't we desire Him to change others? Especially family members, friends, co-workers. Yes, there's just something about that name. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. About that name. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We want to thank you for your goodness and your grace. And Lord, I am thankful that Jesus is the name above every name. Lord, I'm glad as a five-year-old boy, I had a mother that taught me about Jesus. And Lord, I'm glad as a boy that I called out in faith and asked Jesus to save me from my sins. And Lord, I'm thankful tonight that I'm still trusting Jesus Christ for the salvation of my soul. I want to thank you for your promise. Thank you for your plan of salvation, how beautiful, how simple it is. And again, I pray that you'll be with each one of these dear, precious people tonight. Send us home. Bring us back the next appointed time. Give us safety, and we'll thank you for what you do. 
We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And all God's people say it. God bless you. Happy New Year. Have a great, great night.